Do you ever feel like you're in a never-ending cycle of snacks and meals? We get it. That's why we're excited to share Home Threads, the ultimate solution for creating a stylish and functional family space. At HomeThreads.com, discover furniture that can handle the chaos of family life. From wipeable dining chairs to kitchen tables and light fixtures. Or you can just freshen up your kitchen with trays, counter lamps, decor, and other affordable accents that will help you update your kitchen into a room you love spending time in. Head over to HomeThreads.com slash D-I-J-F-Y, short for Dinner and I Just Feed You, to get a code for 15% off your first order. Because if you're going to be feeding them three times a day, plus snacks, you deserve a home that feeds your style. HomeThreads, love where you live. That's HomeThreads.com backslash D-I-J-F-Y today to get 15% off your first order. This episode is brought to you with support from Whole Foods. As a resident Greek girl, I am a sucker for Mediterranean flavors and want you to taste the Mediterranean too. Go to Whole Foods Market now and save on regionally inspired products through March 19th. Find sales on animal welfare certified meat, including boneless, skinless, air-chilled chicken breast, bone-in beef short ribs, ground lamb, and more. Save on whole bronzini and sustainable wild-caught sockeye salmon. And stock up on Mediterranean essentials like feta cheese crumbles, whole wheat pita pockets, and if you're over 21, wines from Spain, Greece, and Italy. Grab your ingredients and experiment with family-friendly Mediterranean cuisine today. Think Greek-style ground lamb pitas, lemony oven-roasted chicken, or bronzino, or instant pot short ribs braised in wine. All simple and delicious. Taste the Mediterranean now at Whole Foods Market. It makes complete sense to me that this would appeal to not just someone who's 20, but someone who doesn't have a lot of um, ability in the kitchen um, because they could pick this up and find something, you know, helpful and delicious to eat. And and the the recipes are written such that you don't have to really know anything. Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You? A podcast about feeding us kids. Hi, I'm Stacy. And I'm Megan. This is our last episode before we take a little break for summer. And when I say a little break, I mean one week. (laughs) Very little. (laughs) Before we dive into our summer series, which is about six episodes. So I just want to make sure that if you're not already, you are subscribed wherever you're listening right now. Yes, you can do it. Hit the subscribe button. It's so easy. Just hit subscribe. And if you're feeling generous while you're at it, you can rate and review too, because we love that. And that helps other people help us. That's a jingle. And And review. review. (laughs) Rate and review. Okay. This is a long overdue episode with our friend Katie Morford of Mom's Kitchen Handbook, because we mentioned her book, Prep, her brand new book, in the episode where we talked about the invisible work of feeding our family. And I was saying... I had just gotten her book that week as a preview, and now it's out. And I was saying what a great resource it is for teaching your kids to cook, but also maybe like teaching other grownups in your life, i.e. your husband, (laughs) (laughs) how to cook. And so um, Stacey sat down with Katie to talk about her new book, Prep, and about teaching her daughters who are now like high school and college age how to cook and why she wrote this book. And you guys touch on a little bit how you can use the book to teach grownups to cook too. We do. It was so we love Katie because she's a registered dietitian who's also a recipe developer. She just loves food. She gets food. She mentions this in our conversation, and it's a really fun part of the conversation. But her siblings are also really into cooking. One of them, very serious. He's a Michelin starred chef. <laughs> Wowzers. Yeah. So yeah. she grew up around food, cooking food. Food is still a very big part of her life. So she is one of those dietitians who gets it. Also, a mom. Yes. Right. So it, you know, she spoke to us in our health halo episode, she which did. foods are healthy. 
And I also want to add that on on Instagram, she does these really great. She calls it a nutrition PSA, but she takes I like things that are kind of trendy in in food and wellness, and she breaks down like, are they really good for you or are they not? So that's a great reason to follow her on Instagram alone. She's just really smart and with it and gets what we talk about here on Didn't I Just Feed You? So the book, I'm going to tell you the whole title. And also you can go to our show notes at didn'tijustfeedyou.com at any time to click directly into Amazon or wherever you buy your books to buy it. Support your indie local bookstore. Okay. So the book is called Prep, The Essential College Cookbook, Everything You Need to Get Started in the Kitchen. And it's beautifully designed. It's soft covered. It's little, like it's barely bigger than my palm when I really like spread out my hand. And I think that that just makes this such an excellent gift for graduation season. Like throw it into whatever you are buying for that graduate, especially someone either moving from high school to college or from college to their first apartment, hopefully not back in your home, parents. (laughs) (laughs) Our wish for you. But it's genius. And I did try to bring our conversation about invisible work to the table because, listen, Megan, we see on your personal Instagram, you are at at Megan Megan underscore Splon. We see that Ella especially is cooking up a storm these days. She really is. It is so fun and so sweet. It is. And a little scary. I saw she burned her hand a tiny bit, but not a badly. A little bit. That was and like a couple weeks ago. Yeah. A little splash of boiling water while she was trying to make pasta, but she didn't like freak. She was like, okay, I did that. And then we it talked happens. about what to do next. Yeah. Right. And that's what people have to know. Like that's the honest view of it. It It is a little scary, even for us. Yeah. But anyway, our kids are growing up in these rarefied circumstances where we are cooking all the time. Like we are always in the kitchen. They're always around new foods. They always have homemade foods because even when we don't feel like cooking for our families, we are cooking for work. Yep. Right. But I do feel like for me having older boys, especially Isaac, who's 12 and not super into cooking. I really looked at this book with the lens of how can I empower a tween a teen to cook more and to kind of know some basics. Like when you leave the house, like what do you need to know how to cook? It's not just knowing how to boil an egg, you know, <laughs> like, but you in should some know ways, how to put together a meal. Yeah. But also like you were saying the, the word empowerment or confidence, like the thing, like what it takes to really feed yourself is very simple. But when you have confidence, that's when you can put a meal together with the basics of boiling water and cooking pasta. Like, you know what else will go with that to make it taste good and be satisfying. Yeah. So it really is empowerment through education. And it's funny because you weren't able to sit in on this conversation. I know. But we did talk about confidence you know, and this idea that like kids need to know like what to put together. And the more you sort of build your skills, the more you're able to go off script and like have your friends over and save some money and put together a potluck or whatever it is. And I think that that's really important through your twenties and early thirties, especially. Yes. Here, here to feed yourself is in college is probably the most powerful tool you have because you can then like be saving your money and also taking really (laughs) taking good care of your body so then you can also poison it with alcohol (laughs) no joke but tell us more about how you and brian have used prep because i think that's a really interesting take on the book so i think for me the biggest roadblock to getting Brian in the kitchen has been my own need for control and being a micromanager. And so a lot of times when I will plan something and be like, oh, you can cook this like very basic pasta with sausage and peas. But let me, but then I feel like I have to like stand there and which I don't, which this is totally my own hang up and be like, well, this is how I would do it. Or sometimes he's like shouting from the other room, like, well, what do I do with this sausage before it goes in the pan? Like asking questions. And when I can like hand him a book, like prep, 
and be like, here's what you need to know to do this recipe and 100% leave him alone, it is a thousand times better. He can use the their, I don't want to say they're basic recipes, but in some ways they are. Like there's a black bean soup and it's really like how to cook black beans from dry and then how to turn them into a really delicious soup. And it's not anything complicated. Um, it's probably stuff we already have in our kitchen that's inexpensive and fits in our food budget. And like I can have on hand at any time for Brian to cook through. And it's something he enjoys eating. And we we actually all enjoy eating, but like he feels confident enough now using Katie's recipe to make black bean soup on his own without me micromanaging and being like, well, you have to soak the beans first and this is how I would cut the onion and these are the spices I would use. Like it's become his own, which is exactly what we're talking about with empowerment. Like here's the framework for a recipe and here's how to make it your own. And that's exactly what Katie walks you through in prep. Yeah. And it's, you know, you said that you didn't want to call them simple. Is that the word you were trying to avoid? I don't want to call them basic. But- I'm like flipping through to refresh my memory because I had this down in my kitchen and I record upstairs in my office. Yeah. And every recipe has about like five to eight or nine ingredients, but that includes guys like oil, garlic, like the real basics. Exactly. I mean, this is really simple, but then also, like you said, this is far from basic. Cheesy Parmesan polenta quinoa with pesto, a breakfast burrito. And I actually asked Katie about how she chose the recipes and she worked with her older daughters to do that. So really you're getting the new basics through a bit of a millennial lens. I don't know if that's actually her. I think her daughters daughter's are younger than millennials. I'm a elder millennial for reference. Yeah, I'm (laughs) beyond that. So there you go. I'm like generation old lady. No, I think I'm generation (laughs) X. I don't know what I am. I don't know. But anyway, yeah, so they are a little bit younger, but through a youthful lens of two girls who have grown up cooking and grown up surrounded by food, really Really delicious, simple food. Yeah. And then like high end, their uncle, like great food. And I think that gives a really great curated list of what you should be cooking in your kitchen. Yeah. In addition to all the recipes that we mentioned last week, what we actually are cooking in our kitchens, like you, between this book and last week's episode. <laughs> You've got everything you need. To You've got everything summer. you need. Yeah. We're done. <laughs> Not really. We'll still talk forever. We have more to talk about. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> um, I also just want to add yeah. that, like, yes, even though they're simple, basic recipes, the other thing that Katie does really well is she squeezes the most nutrition out of, like, a handful of ingredients that she possibly can, like, Like every recipe is giving you like the fat fiber protein to keep you full if you're just making the breakfast burrito for breakfast, Um, which I think is a really important thing that is hard to teach without like teaching through showing like a show and tell kind of thing. This is how you do it in a recipe. Totally. But she also has cheeseburgers with awesome sauce and one yeah. bowl chocolate chip cookies. So like yes. this is and there's not- a, There's an applesauce cake, which if I'm remembering correctly, you mix in the pan. Like you don't even need a mixing bowl. It's oh so my smart. God. So smart. I don't know how I missed that because that's so right up my alley. You it know, really I'm is. I'm baking. I love yes. that. Yes. All right. So we should hear from Katie. I just want to tell everybody a little bit about her so that they know how fantastic she is besides us carrying on. So Katie is a food and nutrition writer with more than 20 years experience. She's been published in the New York Times, the San Francisco Chronicle, Real Simple, and Family Circle, among others. She's also the author of Rise and Shine, which is another fantastic book about breakfasts. We'll have to have her on for back to school about that. Yeah. And also best lunchbox ever. She writes the popular food blog, Mom's Kitchen Handbook, which is also her social handle on Facebook and also on Instagram. And she lives in San Francisco with her husband, three daughters, and one very small dog (laughs) who was a little bit noisy in the background at one point, I think. But anyway, let's hear more from Katie. Katie, we are in love with prep. It's so awesome. And not just for college kids or even kids. We have this whole thing about how we feel like this is also a great book for adults who haven't learned how to cook. 
But before we get into that, I just want to know, how did you, did you decide that there were particular skills that people needed to know or particular recipes that people needed to know as they sort of embarked on this cooking journey? You know, it's, it really kind of started with the skills. Um, and I, it actually sprang out of a blog post I wrote that was, um, the 10 cooking skills every teen should know before they leave the nest. And so that was the framework for the recipe. So I started with these sort of 10 basics that I thought were really important. And then within that, I came up with five, you know, I did a very curated list of recipes, just five recipes for each skill. And do you want to tell us, because I don't want to spoil the book, people have to go out and buy this, but what of the five skills that you honed in on do you think is the most important? Well, it's based on, you know, I can't, I mean, in terms of cooking skills, I feel like the two that pop to mind for me are tasting, you know, that thing of as you're cooking, actually tasting your food and adjusting as you go. So, you know, picking up that crouton before it goes into the oven and deciding if it has enough salt or it needs more olive oil or tasting your salad dressing and you know, deciding if it needs a little more vinegar or lemon juice. So I think that is really important. And that's just something that comes over time. And then the other big skill is, you know, how to use a knife. Um, And I think a lot of people are afraid of knives, um, especially parents. And at some point, you know, we, we let them cross the street and they get behind the wheel of a car. And so at some point they need to learn how to pick, pick up a knife and use it. And I think probably within that, knowing how to cut an onion is just maybe the best cutting skill in the kitchen. Yes. I'm going to ask our editor to put cheers behind that. (laughs) (laughs) Like claps. I mean, knife skills are so key. And I don't think that people realize that using a dull knife is actually more dangerous than knowing how to use a sharpened one or one that's been honed really, really well. No, I totally Um, agree. And I, and the other thing about it is it's about efficiency. I mean, it's about safety, but it's also, you know, if you know a quick way to chop an onion or cut a bell pepper or, you know, mince a shallot, it can make, the job of cooking goes so much more quickly and then it doesn't feel like such a big chore. And so for me, that is such an important skill. And that's something that I love about the two skills that you honed in on. One is that it really takes efficiency and speed into account because as much as I love the conversation around slow cooking, that's just a not practical for a whole lot of people. And B, it doesn't, not everybody wants to sit around their kitchen and cook. I mean, we all love that, <laughs> you, me and Megan, because that's what brings us joy. But, you know, for someone else that, you know, something completely out of the kitchen brings them joy or they hate cooking, but you still have to do it because it's a life skill the same way I still have to learn how to balance finances, even though I hate it. Yeah, totally. Um, and even if you, you know, even if you love cooking, you know, especially if you're a busy mom, you might have 10 minutes to get a meal on the table. So you know, being really efficient can pay off big time. Yeah, that's right. And the other skill is that is one, the tasting is one that helps empower you to break free of recipes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's a lot of what I, you know, talk about in this book is, you know, this is a foundation, but ultimately once you have, let's say, you know, a really simple pasta sauce down, um, then that's a springboard for lots of other things. You know, then you can add things to it. You can make meatballs to go with it. You know, you can make it your own. And, and to me, that's ultimately what cooking is about. So I noticed that in the book, you have all of these recipes that I'm like, yes, everyone should know how to make that. <gasps> yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> how did you figure out what recipes you wanted to hone in on? Was it really about health, balance, ease, all of it? It was a combination of all of the above. Um, It was tricky because I chose just five per chapter. So that was, you know, challenging just to hone it down to five. And I wanted to have, so for example, you know, in the grains chapter, I wanted people to have a taste of doing a variety of things. So that was part of what drove it. I also wanted everything to be uncomplicated, delicious, 
And um, I really involve my kids a lot in this part of the process. I have three kids who are all teenagers and college age. So I figure, you know, they are the target audience. Um, so we did a lot of back and forth about what, you know, what they thought might make sense to be in a book like this. And, you know, they were funny. I had, you know, in the egg chapter, I had deviled eggs and they were like, mom, they were horrified. Like no <laughs> teenager is going to want to make deviled eggs. What's wrong with you? So, um, so it was, that was kind of a fun and enlightening part of the process. That's hilarious because I think deviled eggs are a key thing to know how to make. And I think every mom, I mean, it's every mom agrees, but not teenagers, apparently. <laughs> I love it. But their feedback actually, I think, helped you churn out a book that's really, really practical. Again, even for adult cooks, because again, deviled eggs is one of those recipes. Sure, you need to know how to make it, I think, in my mm -hmm. opinion, but you're going to make it maybe twice a year. You're going to make deviled eggs, right. right? But everything in this book is like, I can make this night after night, day after day. Yeah, yeah. And the book, you know, teaches you how to make a hard boiled egg. And so once you know how to do that, deviled eggs are a snap. That's true. And there's so many variations. I feel like we could have a whole deviled eggs episode. I know. <laughs> um, so were you afraid when you pulled the kids in that they might steer you towards really trendy dishes and ones that recipes that weren't as evergreen? Um, I don't know. It was, it was a conversation and they didn't, I didn't feel like, I feel like they got the concept. Um, you know, they weren't telling me to put boba tea in here and, um, things yeah. like that. <laughs> but, you know, I think it's because of them that I have things in, you know, there's lots of healthy basic stuff in here, but there's also things like, you know, loaded nachos and a really good, totally not healthy chocolate chip cookie and, um, you know, uh, mac and cheese and things like that. So I think they helped me create a really good balance in the, the recipes that are in here. Yes, there's no avocado toast in this I book. I know. Scandal. <laughs> Did they, <laughs> to the, to the tweens, it might be, um, did they suggest it? I just need to know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And we, you yeah. know, <laughs> it's, it's hard because again, you know, with just five recipes, yeah. um, that would have gone into the snacks and little meals chapter. And instead I did a loaded peanut butter toast. Cause I feel like peanut butter is just such a great, you know, always have it in your cupboard kind of staple. And was five recipes about keeping this manageable or was there some other factor at play there? It really, it really was. It was about, I think you can open a cookbook and it can be really overwhelming. And I wanted the idea to be, you, you look at a chapter. So let's say you look at the pasta chapter and there's five pasta recipes. They, they run the gamut from, you know, a simple tomato sauce to something like noodles with a spicy peanut sauce, you know, there's a, a variety. And I wanted the idea to be, you could look at that chapter and something is going to grab your eye and then you can make that and build confidence with it and then take it to the next one and not feel overwhelmed by, you know, 25 different pasta dishes. And where do I even start? Yeah, I totally agree. That makes it great. And I think that especially makes it great for adults who don't cook frequently or who f identify as people who don't know how to cook. Yeah. And that's a really big thing that we wanted to talk about with you because the official title of the book is Prep the Essential College Cookbook, right? Yeah. And you might expect like ramen and all kind of like trendier or I don't want to, I don't, I'm trying to think of a word that isn't judgy. Um, yeah, like dorm <laughs> like food. Fast food, yeah, dorm food. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's, so not that, but as my tween, who's only 12, but still loves food, looked through this, he was like, oh, this all looks so good. And like, I can make it all. And it's, you know, delicious and simple. So I feel like this book is accessible to people who fall outside of college stage. So I mentioned my tween, but in our recent episode on the invisible work of feeding a family, Megan talked a lot about wanting to teach her husband how to cook because she feels like she really needs some support in the kitchen. And she had already gotten her hands on your book and was like, this is perfect for him. Like all of these recipes appeal. It's simple. It's easy. 
And they hit her goals, which for her is about serving well-balanced meals to her family and making sure that he doesn't just heat up hot dogs night after night when it's his duty to cook. Had you thought about that at all? You know, older I, parents. It's, it's and, interesting. You know, when you write a book, you you know, you never know how it's going to be received and what people are going to think about it. And I've definitely gotten that feedback a lot um, because ultimately. I had in my head this group of teenagers and college age kids when I wrote it, and the the level of um, teaching and level of the recipes is really for a starter cook. And it's not like quote unquote kid food. You know, I do have some fun things in there, but it's really just real food. And so it makes complete sense to me that this would appeal to not just someone who's twenty but someone who it doesn't have a lot of um, ability in the kitchen um, because they could pick this up and find something, you know, healthful and delicious to eat. And, and the, the recipes are written such that you don't have to really know anything. So I, I feel really excited that this is, you know, might be useful for someone beyond the sort of target audience. And I have to say that I am skilled in the kitchen and I've picked up this book while meal prepping and meal planning. Mm -hmm. Because during the week, I just need something that my whole family will like, that's well-balanced, and that cooks up really quickly. So for me, it's just been a source of inspiration. You know, I might, because I cook professionally, put my own twist on noodles with spicy peanut sauce, you know, or your meatballs, or your black bean soup, which actually Megan and I were talking about this recipe. Part of what we love about this recipe is that it teaches you how to prep beans and then also make a soup. So you're not just building knife skills, you're also building some essential building block cooking skills. And that was a great example of that for us. But it's like great inspiration for me for what's quick and easy when I only want to meal plan in 10 minutes or less. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they are the recipes are really meant to be s- simple. And I, my number one goal in the whole project was that anyone could pick up this book and they could make anything from the book and be successful. And then, in by, by being successful, then they're going to want to do another recipe. And over time, that's what creates a cook. I think so often someone who hasn't really cooked before scans the internet, finds a random recipe, it doesn't work, or they tackle something that's too complicated and then they throw their hands up and say, well, I, I don't know how to cook. And, and I really wanted any person to pick any recipe and be successful. That was ultimately my goal. It's true that there's a lot of aspirational cooking and you'll get people who are like, oh, I hate cooking. And they think that the way to fall in love with it is to make that one spectacular meal that they're going to feel proud. It's going to be so delicious. It's going to be like restaurant quality. And so they do exactly what you said. They go pick some challenging recipe and it doesn't quite work out. You know, and sometimes it doesn't work out because the recipe and not because of them. And that's something that I don't think gets quite enough attention. Right. Or there or the recipe is written for a more sophisticated cook. Yeah. And and something so simple, like I have a recipe for scrambled eggs. And on the one hand, you know, someone might think that's silly, like you don't need a recipe for scrambled eggs. But if you follow this recipe and you make them, they're so delicious and they're different than probably a lot of overcooked scrambled eggs that people have been eating their whole life. It's true. Culinary school scrambled eggs is like a, it's a test of your cooking prowess. They're hard to do well, but not so hard that you couldn't explain it in your book. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, ultimately it's simple if you know how to do it. We're going to take a quick break from listening to Stacey and Katie to hear from our friends at the Mom Hour, a podcast that we feel like you would love listening to if you love listening to Didn't I Just Feed You. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're the co-hosts of the Mom Hour podcast. And between us, we have eight kids from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share ideas and encouragement and remind you that it's all going to be okay. In every episode of our show, you'll hear practical tips, judgment-free advice, and real stories about how we handle parenting challenges in our own families. We hope you'll come away feeling like what you're experiencing right now is normal and that you're not alone or crazy. We talk about stuff like working motherhood, potty training, being a school parent, and getting meals on the table. From new motherhood to tweens and teens, we've got you covered, and our personalities are pretty different, so that's always fun. 
Yep. We're not experts. We are parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Join us at The Mom Hour, available wherever podcasts are found or online at themomhour.com. You know, you explored some cooking skills basics. You explored some recipes that you think are need-to-know back pocket recipes. At the end of kind of exploring these different paths and bringing them together in this very accessible cookbook prep, what did you learn about cooking rules? How much do they really matter? I'll just I'll just say just off the top that I personally am not a big rule follower in the kitchen. Um, I'm, I'm not a fussy cook. I'm a busy mom. I tend to skip a lot of steps. It's interesting. My, my brother is a restaurant chef. And so he has a bunch of restaurants. He has staff, he has, you know, dishwashers and he meticulously does everything. He peels his tomato. He's, you know, he seeds them. He salts his eggplant. He uses seven bowls to make a cake, all that kind of stuff. And his food is delicious, but that's just not the way that that doesn't work for me, you know, in my life. So generally speaking, I break a lot of cooking rules. That being said, I do think when you're starting out, um, it's a good idea to really follow recipes. Um, And then when you've got some experience under your belt, you can stray and sort of make the dishes your own and figure out what rules you can break and which ones you sort of need to stick with. I need to know, what does your brother think of your cooking? He loves he loves my cooking. It's actually really See? cute because you know he's got two Michelin stars. He's been on the cover of Food and Wine magazine. Um, you know he makes very sophisticated food, but he'll come over and I'll make him like you know a pan of veggie enchiladas, and he acts like he's never tasted something so delicious in his life. And I think part of it is just that comfort of real home cooking. So he's yes. he's actually really fun to cook for. Oh, that's so awesome. And what what do you think was happening in your house growing up? Did you two grow up together? Yeah, yes. So what do you think was happening in your home that either your mom or your dad was doing that both kids, or I don't know, are there other siblings? I have a sister who uh, is also a really, she's a really good cook and she worked in restaurants sort of through high school and college. She cooked. Um, okay, so what what were your parents <laughs> feeding you? <laughs> Well, I think honestly, I mean, food was a big part of our family culture. We sat down to dinner every night. You know, I was the house where I was begging my mom to buy hamburger helper because that's what my friends were eating and we were having, you (laughs) know, from scratch cooking. So there was that definitely. And, but I think even more than that, it was just a very creative household. So the way she kind of kept us entertained from the time we were really tiny was just uh, being creative. And it was it was cooking and baking, but it was also uh, arts and crafts and macrame and, you know, and anything under the sun we would we would do. I love that. My mom was also very super chill about mess. So we were allowed to make a mess in the kitchen. I mean, we had to clean it up, but she wasn't uptight about chaos. Um, and I think that that's a useful kind of disposition when you're trying to foster creativity in your kids. And are you uptight about mess in your kitchen? I am not. I'm a really messy cook. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm a messy cook. I would say I'm not as chill as my mom, but I definitely, I think because of her, I recognized how important it was to sort of open the door for my kids to play. Um, And then, and and again, part of it is teaching them, um, you know, teaching them to clean up for themselves. And they're often, especially when they're little, they're terrible at it, but eventually they learn. So eventually I'm waiting for that. Eventually they learn. Got a nine-year-old and a 12-year-old. I'm I'm really waiting for that eventually. And I'm trying not to (laughs) be the one cleaning up behind them all the time. That's really hard. It is not easy. Yeah. (laughs) It's really hard. Did your kids, watching your kids cook, were there any big mistakes that they made along the way that were really informative for you? Um, or big successes? Uh, informative for me? Um, I mean, I, I, it's sort of like, you know, this is the age of the internet, these kids. And so they definitely would, I mean, I would sort of always blanch because they'd pull some random recipe off the internet. Who knows who made it, if they ever tested yeah. it you know, they would be using my ingredients that were expensive, making a mess in my kitchen, and they were yep. often not <laughs> successful. And so that was a dialogue that we would 
we would have about being thoughtful about where you get your recipes. And if you're going to use the internet, maybe it's a source that's vetted and sort of trying to direct them. So that's something that comes to mind. And I think that's a rule, you know, something that can apply to anything when it comes to the internet, you know, whether it's nutrition information or news, of course, um, is, is sort of teaching them to be smart consumers. It's digital literacy. And I couldn't agree with you more because I know that my nine-year-old who really likes to cook much more than his older brother, he will just, he'll find videos, you know, that's what's most compelling to him still. Mm -hmm. And I'll be like, I want to make that sweet. And it's like, well, where did this video even come from? And then he gets really, really discouraged if it doesn't work out and he doesn't want to go at it again. And so I, you know, this all goes back to your big takeaway, which I just want to reiterate that if you have successes in the kitchen, you can build on those and you will become a better cook and you will be more motivated. So starting with a great recipe, which means knowing your sources and starting with simple recipes is so key as you're learning to cook or as you're teaching your kids to cook. I agree. Yep. And I do think, you know, they, they see all these, you know, tasty videos with all these elaborate sort of confections and they want to make them because it's pretty compelling, but I mean, rarely is that ever going to turn out the way it's shown on a internet video. So couldn't agree with you more, at least from my experience, which is pretty limited. I have to admit, I haven't cooked from tasty much. I'd much rather cook from your cookbook prep. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So all three of your kids, do they like to cook? They do. They do. They're all really, I mean, it's, it's an evolution. It's not, it's not like I sat them down and, and lectured them about cooking. You know, it's just something that has evolved since they were, you know, old enough to sit in a high chair and, you know, pull stems off strawberries or, or whatever task I would give them. And now they all can really, they're all really different kinds of cooks, um, but they all can really do it. So that's kind of satisfying. What are the different kinds of cooks that they are? My middle one is a big baker and always has been. Um, she can certainly cook a savory meal, but that's sort of where her heart is. Uh, my oldest is, and my youngest are both vegetarians. And um, uh-huh. my youngest does lots of like really out there experimentations with hemp seeds and nut butters and cacao nibs, <laughs> some of which work <laughs> and some of which don't. Um, <laughs> And my oldest is now in college and she's cooking like these elaborate dinner parties for her friends and just having a ball and, and, you know, really sort of embracing it. So that is really fun to watch. Katie, that all sounds to me like a birth order alignment. <laughs> totally. Does it? totally. Oh my God, that's so funny. It so totally works. Um, But I loving, I love what you say about it being an evolution because I always talk about my younger son being more into cooking and my older son being more into eating, Uh which is true. He is more of an adventurous eater and always has been since the beginning. But just a couple of days ago, he asked to make dessert. And I had just come home from, you know, a business trip and I was exhausted and I didn't want the house to be dirty. You know, that is a huge stumbling block for me. So I'm inspired by you sharing that your mother didn't mind a mess because I do think that that leaves a lot of space for kids to feel like they can be creative. But I was like, oh, it feels like too much. And then I, I sort of gave in is really what my attitude was. I did not have the best attitude. I was exhausted. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear. And I, you know, I definitely had days like that. I mean, there's definitely days where I'm like, no, okay, this is my territory. I can't, I can't cope today. <laughs> yes. You know? <laughs> yeah. I was definitely having one of those moments and he came to me and said, he was really upset. So I followed him. I actually went to him now that I'm thinking about it. And he was like, I just... I don't want Oliver to be the only one who cooks. I want to cook like you too. And it was such a like, oh, I didn't, I didn't realize you cared or that this was even interesting to you. But Oliver's a baker at their ages. That's really easy to kind of 
take off the training wheels and say, okay, go, you can make pancakes or you can bake on your own. Savory stuff feels more complicated and involved to me. And that's what Isaac's more interested in. So he just needed to give me that little signal, you know, Hey, I want to do this. Like I'm ready. I've been soaking it in. Well, and that's kind of sweet because maybe, you know, that can be the differentiating part of this is that he's the, he's the salad guy or he's the pasta guy, or he's the, you know, steak guy or whatever it is. He would love to be the steak guy. Every (laughs) meal. Is there meat in this? Where's the meat? I don't see the meat. And maybe what I need to do is hand over your book, Prep the Essential College Cookbook. Katie, this is out already? Yep. Where can people buy it? They can buy it at local bookstores, which I'm a big fan of. And of course, Amazon. I think it's on Target online. I'm sure it's on Barnes and Noble, the usual, the usual places. And give yourself a little plug because this made a pretty fantastic list recently, didn't it? Oh my gosh. I cried. (laughs) (laughs) I believe it. It was um, it was included in Food and Wine's top cookbooks for spring or cookbooks they're most excited about for spring. My little book um, amongst all these sort of cooking giants. So I was super delighted and well, well deserved. Thank you, Megan. And I love this book so much and hope that everybody will run out and get it. It really doesn't have to be just for college students, although I think it makes a great graduation gift. Yeah. That I, I, high school graduation or college yeah, graduation. I think even eighth grade. I mean, then then they're they're yes. home, you know, during those high school years, and there's parents there to buy ingredients and oversee, you know, the pot on the stove and the knife in the hand. Um, I think that's also a great way time to start. Yeah, or do like Megan and hand it over to your partner exactly. if you feel like you need some more help in the kitchen. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Katie, thank you so much for being with us today. We love having you on the podcast. And now you've been on season one and season two. Yay, I feel honored. Yeah, I love, so, I love all this. right. I love this And show. actually, we have, a, we have an episode in mind for season three, Back to School. Ooh. So you, you, you all might hear Katie again oh, soon. Man. We love having you. Thank you. Stacey, it was so fun to listen to as just like a listener and not a co-host your interview with Katie. I'm so sorry I wasn't able to join you guys. But one of the things I love is that like a lot of food editors or food writers or nutritionists, a lot of the people like in our industry, they come to food in like very unique ways. And I love listening to Katie talk about how like her family love of food influenced her and now how it's influencing her daughters. And it just, it gives me a lot of hope for the next generation of people who have the power to like fix our food. (laughs) Yeah. Food ways. I hear you. And I'm just like so excited about prep in general. I have a couple of people in my life who are getting this as a graduation gift this year. Yes, what about you? Same, totally. But before we sign off, I want to play a game. <laughs> oh, well, I know you Stacey's, wanted me to. Stacey's like classic is one more thing. Wait, yeah, one I know. more thing. And, and you thought the one more thing was going to be about prep, but we talked about prep and I agree. And now I want to play a game inspired by prep. Wow. Okay. This one is unprepared. This I, I know I'm like <laughs> totally sideswiping Megan right now, but this one isn't really about the humor quotient. Although Megan pressures on make it funny. If there's one recipe you want Ella to leave home, I know it's far away from you, but to leave home knowing how to make, and then also one recipe you think Emmett should leave home knowing how to make, and are they different? And if so, why? (laughs) What a question. (laughs) Can you do it? Is it too much? I feel like you can do it. Oh, wait. I feel like I can do it. Yeah, Yeah. I do too. I knew it. I knew it. I'm so excited. Okay. So I am going to be a little sexist. I'm going to go ahead and do it. I want to it. Yeah. I want Ella to leave really knowing how to cook dried beans. I know that that sounds very esoteric, but <laughs> it makes her sound like, I don't know. It makes us sound like we're on the homestead. I know. But, then, but okay. But think about this, right? Like we've talked, we've, this season we've talked, we've covered a lot of subjects. We've talked about meatballs. We've talked about nachos. We've talked about dinner in a bowl and a, a, a single thread that like goes through that and our conversation with Ro about reducing kitchen waste and reducing debt is that 
We have to look at more sustainable sources of protein and dried beans are one of the most economical. And I am going to sound like a fuddy-duddy right now and say, I don't think enough people eat beans. I don't think enough people. (laughs) I was like, oh my God, she's like bringing it home with the realness. And then like not enough people eat beans (laughs) just makes me laugh. (laughs) But think of all of the recipes that open up for Ella if she really knows how to cook dried beans well. (laughs) Ella, daughter, before you leave home, I have one thing to say to you. Listen, Stacey. Marry a good partner and know how to make beans. (laughs) I love it. I'm with Um, you. No, don't let my jokes. <laughs> okay, but here, so but what Ella about- already knows how to cook pasta. Yeah. She already knows, she made freaking jam a couple weeks ago with a Little Sue's box. We'll have to like, link to Little Sue because that was genius. It's so good. She can make a basic cake pretty much by herself. Like there's, she's good. She's good. Where does this get sexist? This is where. Okay. I'm like, where's it happening? Ready? Are you ready? I want Emmett to be really good at baking because I think that, and this is like the sort of sexist part. Like, I think people Pastry chefs are sexy. Well, pastry chefs are mostly women, right? That's why the men are sexy. Yeah. (laughs) I'll shut up. Go ahead. People assume that dudes like- grill and smoke me and I just think it'd be really cool if Emmett's like a really great baker and he has like a really great bread recipe and a really great brownie recipe in his back pocket I think it'll be a really cool way to impress his friends and I will say this is like a long thread so bear with me my younger brother who's now a firefighter like a structure firefighter okay used to be a smoke jumper like he jumps out of airplanes. Holy bananas, really? Fights fights fires, yeah. And he and his, like, firefighter buddies, like, they're all very, like, beards, and they wear flannel, and they're all, like, very fit. They're sexy. They're very – I mean, it's my brother, so that's (laughs) No, not him. Yes. In general. But they are also all really into cooking, and he has this one friend who lives here in Boise who is, like, this – smoke jumper firefighter dude and he bakes bread and i just find that really endearing from so many standpoints and he can like talk to you about sourdough and the science of sourdough and he's trying to figure out how to jump with pizza dough in his pack like jump out of an airplane this is just i love this so much he wants to jump out of an airplane and cook pizza like at their camp while they're fight- fighting fires and I just love that, like, was the word the dichotomy of it? Like, yeah. you, you can be, we can all be both. We can be, like, rugged and then also, like, have baker's hands. And I don't know. I think that's just cool. I'm dying here because <laughs> I agree with everything you're saying. You used the word endearing, and I feel like you um, gave your PG version, <laughs> your take on that dude, because this is Didn't I Just Feed You? Also, that's my friend's husband, so I don't want to be like, that's hella sexy, Sonia. Your husband's giving it with his baking and his fire jumping. You're right. Also, I'm talking about my son, Stacey. Like, yes, I think my son is handsome, and I'm sure he's going to do very well in the partner department, whatever he chooses. But, like, (laughs) I don't want to talk about him being sexy. I want him to give Uh, me sloppy booger kisses still, okay? Oh, that's so cute. And bake you bread. And bake me bread. How cool is that? Okay, that is really let, cool. you you have to answer the question now too. Isaac oh, and Lord. Oliver, okay. what are they going to leave the house knowing how to cook? Okay, so it's funny you mentioned baking, and I feel like Oliver already kind of leaned towards baking, and I'd really love for him to get into savory cooking. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm a really big proponent of sauces, and that like I, obviously I find like people who cook sexy. Cause I keep bringing up sexy and I don't know why, <laughs> but like chefs are kind of sexy yeah. and like a, a chef who can make like a mean set of sauces. Like that's serious business. Yeah. Like that's delicious in all kinds of ways. But I just feel like knowing how to make a couple of key sauces is a really great way to take really otherwise simple cooking and dress it up. 
and he loves pesto. And I feel like pesto is a great way to use everything from herbs to vegetables. It's so versatile. It's so easy. It can go on everything. So I think if he knew how to make a pesto, that would be really useful and great. And he's also a kind of um, predictable eater. Like he likes like a set of things and he's happy to eat it over and over again. And I feel like pesto is a great way to like use a million different ways over and over. Isaac, it's a little bit harder, man, because that kid has such a great palate and is really so not interested in cooking. What if it was learning how to make Doritos me. from scratch? Oh my God. That's way too much work for him too. He's also like, he doesn't want to put a whole lot of work into anything. Yeah. He likes to skate through, which I, I get, you know, he's a 12 year old boy. Um, I, Wait, can you yeah. ask him the question and then oh come back God. and tell us in the listeners group, like yes. what is the one thing he wants to learn? Cause he's like, dude, the clock is ticking. He's going to be yeah. 13 in January. Yes. So like, your window to teach him how to cook is slowly closing. Yes. Okay. So I thought of one thing. Okay. Share. And then, then let's I'll find ask out. Him. Okay. I was going to say like a classic French omelet because I think mm. that he builds confidence by mastering things that feel complex. Yeah. Yeah. And like that makes him feel really good. And, you know, an omelet is one of those things that's like, Seems pretty easy, but it's actually complex. It's also very versatile. It can impress if you do it right. Like it ha hits a lot of the marks. Um, I don't think he'd ever come up with that. I don't think that's in his like cooking lexicon yeah. or framework right now. But I think that'd be a really great one for him. Like you could like, you know, invite someone over for dinner and make like beautifully poached asparagus, <laughs> you know, You're like so a funny. hollandaise and an omelet, even for dinner. And I'd be like, ooh, My mind went great. to the sexy thing where I was like, could you imagine like being in college and you wake up the next morning? I don't know. I'm sorry. No, it's your I, son. I know. I know and someone weird. serves you an omelet, I would be like, yes, marrying that so quickly. Yeah, right? <laughs> but then also like you always have a quick protein you can make yourself. Yes, That's yes. delicious. Yes. He's an athlete. <laughs> Brass so, tax. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> I will get him on and we will edit that in. I think that's a great idea. Okay. All right. Yay. <laughs> Season two. Season two. Virtual high five, Megan. Virtual we did high it. Five. Um, what else do we have to say here? That's Find it. us as Didn't I Just Feed You on Instagram and Facebook, where you can also join our private listeners group, where Stacey's going to answer what Isaac wants to master before yes. he leaves home. The answer to the secret question is whiskey. Most importantly, subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You so you don't miss an episode. We are taking a summer break, but guess what, people? It's only one week long. <laughs> <laughs> so we're back. And you don't want to miss the summer episode. It's going to be chock full of fun, helpful content. Um, and if you agree that that's what we serve up every week, be sure to tell your friends about us and also leave a review and rate us on iTunes. It really makes a big difference. Serve up. That was such a good phrase right there, Stacey. <laughs> our music is Good Old Times by Alex Cohen, provided by Jamendo. A huge thank you to our editors, Jeremy N., Samantha Gatsik, and the team at Counterweight Creative. I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy. Stay sane and well-fed until next time. Subscribe on iTunes or leave us a review.